This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Bespoke Post. Now this week we've got lots of conspiracy theory news for you, but before we get to the batshit insane QAnon and Stop the Steal stuff, here's a story about a bona fide actual political conspiracy involving a dog being framed for a crime. <laughs> like someone farted? Even worse. Oh, okay. So the story comes to us out of Istanbul, Turkey, a city known for its stray dog population. It's estimated to be around half a million street dogs in a city of around 15 million people. So roughly one street dog for every 30 humans. Hmm. That's a lot of dogs. And it's been like this in Istanbul going back hundreds of years. Uh, For some background on this, here's the Washington Post with an article earlier this year about a documentary that was recently made about Istanbul's strays. The origins of Istanbul's dogs are as tough to pin down as their exact numbers. One story holds that they entered Istanbul, then called Constantinople, with the army of Mehmet II, the Ottoman sultan who conquered the city from the Byzantines in 1453. An archaeological dig of the Byzantine-era harbor in the city's Yenikapi area that unearthed hundreds of dog skulls attests to a much earlier presence. But their long-standing role in the life of the city is beyond dispute. Quote, Historical sources from the Ottoman era show that dogs served as guards for neighborhoods, ate the garbage since there were no municipal sanitation services, and would bark to alert people when there were fires, which used to happen a lot, says Kimberly Hart, an anthropologist at SUNY Buffalo State College who studies Istanbul's street animals as part of the city's intangible cultural heritage. But it wasn't just a functional relationship. It was seen as a good deed to feed and take care of them. The bowls of food and water and homemade shelters that modern Istanbul residents place on the streets for the city's dogs and its abundant stray cats hark back to Ottoman times, when mosques had drinking water troughs for animals, charitable foundations were established to feed them, and travelers described seeing little straw huts set up for dogs. Sounds like a great time! Yeah, man and dog living peacefully, in harmony. And feeding the cats as well. And there's pictures from back then, it's fucking wild, like just, the streets just littered with dogs. And little cute little huts for them to live mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Today, there's official government programs in place to capture the strays, vaccinate and neuter them, and then release them with ear tags for, with, uh, for future identification. And in general, the stray dogs are seen as just one of the many unique aspects of Istanbul. But historically, especially in the last 200 years or so, there's also been lots of people who see Istanbul's strays as an unsanitary vestige of the past that needs to go. Uh, here's more from that same article. Attempts have been made to remove or exterminate Istanbul's dog population since the early 1800s, with periodic mass killings continuing until as recently as the 1990s. Most haunting is the exile in 1910 of 80,000 dogs to Sivriata, one of the prince's islands off the city's coast. With no food or water on the rocky, uninhabited island, the dogs died slowly and painfully, their howls reportedly carrying across the Sea of Marmara to the mainland. According to local lore, Many saw divine punishment in the devastating fire that swept the city in 1911 and the outbreak of World War I, which culminated in the occupation of Istanbul. Historians attribute these cruel culling campaigns to late-era Ottoman rulers' attempts to westernize the city by imposing order and cleanliness on its streets as daily life moved from private homes to public spaces. Some accounts even say that complaints about the dogs from Western diplomats and visitors spurred the killings. Other foreigners helped found the city's first animal welfare societies in the 1910s. Fast forward to now, though, and Istanbul is still full of stray dogs, and it's still somewhat controversial. But most residents of Istanbul seem to really like one particular street dog named Boji, uh, who spends his days constantly on the go, using Istanbul's public transit system to get around. A photographer for Getty Images named Chris McGrath recently followed Boji around town and told The Atlantic, Since noticing the dog's movements, Istanbul municipality officials began tracking his commutes via a microchip and a phone app. Most days he will pass through at least 29 metro stations and take at least two ferry rides. He has learned how and where to get on and off the trains and ferries. And yeah, looking at these photos, it is pretty fucking remarkable. Boji is basically a local celebrity and mascot for public transit and can be seen just chilling on buses, trains, and ferries all around town. CNN has also covered Boji in an article last month featuring Chris McGrath's uh, photos. Here's from that article. A street dog named Boji has become something of a celebrity in Istanbul, where he travels around the city on its ferries, trams, and subway cars. His adventures came to light a couple months ago, and municipal officials began to track his movements. They were amazed at his resourcefulness. Quote, he knows where to go, he knows where to get out, said 
Avlin Errol, the head of customer relations at Metro Istanbul. Boji is estimated to travel up to 30 kilometers, 18.6 miles a day, passing through dozens of metro stations and taking at least two ferry rides. Quote, he's such a free spirit, said Chris McGrath, a Getty Images photographer who recently spent a day following Boji around the city. All he wants to do is ride on transportation. Every time he goes past a bus or van or any form of transport, he just wants to get on it. It's really quite bizarre. Sounds like this dog has so much freedom that people are jealous. Yeah. Jealous of they, this dog's freedom. They are. I, yeah. Yeah. Why does he get to just ride around all day? He doesn't have, even have to pay the fares. Yeah. This dog just gets to live, uh, the high, live the high life while I have to clock into my nine to five. Well, because he's a mascot for the Metro. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like uh, uh, someone being angry at uh, a mascot for a sports team. Like he's on, he gets to stand on the field just because he looks goofy and dances around. Why does he get a t-shirt gun? Hey, Dinger! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what did you just say? Whoa! I'm talking about Dinger, the mascot, right over there. I hate that guy. Uh, he's right up front. Uh, anyways, it continues. McGrath says of Boji's celebrity status, he went into one restaurant and two men sort of shoot him away, yelled at him. And then you hear someone else, another restaurant owner, yelling at those guys going, it's Boji! It's Boji! Don't shoo him away! So he's definitely got celebrity status now. And Boji seems to get along with most people, though according to McGrath, Boji really, really does not like cats. <laughs> Quote, Istanbul is called Cat's Damble because there's so many cats here. Boji sees a cat in the distance and he just chases it up. I saw him do it three or four times, chase them up trees and stuff. He really dislikes cats. But apart from that, he's totally a perfect dog. Just wanders around, everybody pats him. He's super happy. He's a character. He fucking hates cats. He's a, he's a cool dog, just chilling, but he sees one of Istanbul's millions of cats and he's got to chase that cat away. This is a dog's town. It's a, it's, it's a dog's time. Dare I say, he's even more of a perfect dog because of his hatred of cats. Yeah. It just makes sense. It wouldn't make sense if he was cool with the cats. Much like the humans jealous of Boji here, yeah. Boji is jealous of the cats because they do even less. Yeah. Much lazier. It's the circle of laziness. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in general, it sounds like as much as most everyone likes Boji, Boji doesn't really give much of a shit either way about all the people that he encounters throughout the day. Uh, McGrath says, quote, he doesn't listen to anybody. Like, if you do try to tell him something, he just ignores you, basically. Lots of people say, oh, come over here, sit here, and he just ignores it. He goes where he wants to go. He's really just that sort of spirit. He just wants to go and do his own thing and travel around, and he's quite content doing it. Good for this dog. Yeah. He just likes to ride. Yeah. But recently, this harmony between mankind and dog was threatened when Boji was accused of shitting on the subway. Boji, why? A photo of a poop-smeared seat was posted to Twitter with the caption, The Istanbul municipality's dog, Boji, pooped on a tramway. And yeah, even if you're the biggest dog lover on earth, being around dog shit, it's no fun. No. Uh, are we just going to let dogs shit all over our local infrastructure and pretend this... It's just cute and it's fine? No, it stinks. Something needs to be done about this. Boji, you are officially canceled. Yeah. Sorry, Boji. Yep. You're canceled. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a political angle to all of this, though, below just, just below the surface. That Twitter account who accused Boji of soiling a subway seat, mostly posted in support of the Justice and Development Party, or mm. AKP, which is the party of Turkish President Recep Erdogan. Uh, the Istanbul municipality, on the other hand, is run by the main opposition party, the Republican People's Party, or CHP. So, in bringing attention to this alleged poop crime, they are not just calling out Boji, but also shaming the local Istanbul government for allowing their local celebrity dog to do this. It's, it's basically the same thing as when, like, MAGA people post about gun crime in Chicago and homelessness in Venice Beach. Mm -hmm. They don't actually care about these things. No. They're just trying to get it home. Yes. Uh, nevertheless, if Boji pooped on the train, and it, it sure looks like he did, then that's not good. No. But did Boji actually poop on that train? Well, according to the local government, Boji couldn't have done it because he was actually down at the shelter that day, hmm. feeding the homeless. <laughs> Boji is a hero. <laughs> no, he, but he was down at the shelter. Yeah. Uh, they even provided video evidence of this. Um, now... Nowhere near a subway car. Hmm. But this could just be them covering their ass, right? Fake news, yeah. That footage could be from any day. Boji wasn't holding up a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Boji, hold up this newspaper. <laughs> Put this newspaper in your mouth and pose for the camera. But guess what? They actually checked the security footage from inside the train. And what we do have here is a man, not a dog, very sneakily rubbing some shit all over the very seat that Boji was accused of shitting on. 
Boji is innocent. And Boji was framed. Boji did nothing wrong. This is the second worst thing that's ever happened in Turkey in the past couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> How could they frame this dog? That's so fucked up. But yeah, as for the political fallout from all of this, um, we're not totally clear on that. It's all in Turkish. But mm-hmm. it has produced lots of memes mocking this false flag accusation against Boji. And it does seem that the city folk in Istanbul are not happy about Boji getting dragged into petty national politics when all Boji wants to do is ride around town on public transit. Boji just wants to ride. Uh, that, it's like, it's like uh, a political party here in the United States getting like actually physically upset and angry and showing up to march against one of those dog mayors. Yeah. We've got like five dog mayors in this country. It's like someone setting up a dog mayor. Yeah. Be like, oh, can you believe it? This down's gone to the dogs. Boji's approval numbers just plummeting just, after the shit. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, too, is if uh, Istanbul and Turkey or anything like America, you know, the fake story gets spread like crazy, much like fake poop on this train. Yeah. But the correction, y- nobody hears about it. And now I want to know who, what kind of poop was it? Was it dog shit or was it this man's shit? What kind of shit? What it was a fake? It might have been fake poop. Also, were the cats involved? They had a they, the cats. I mean, this political party has motives, but so do the cats. Boji's been not too nice to the cats. So, but that's so that's the thing though. It's like there's gonna be people that are like, there goes Boji, that dog that shits on public transit, not knowing that Boji was set up. Yeah. We need a full scale media rebuttal. We need a retraction, a truth and reconciliation commission on uh, Boji. Yes. Who did nothing wrong. Exactly. But uh, Boji himself was actually pretty upset about this, or at least Boji's Twitter account. We're not sure if he's the one writing the tweets or not, but uh, <laughs> he has an official Twitter account. Now that he's done working for MoviePass yeah. in the HR department, <laughs> Boji writes his own tweets. He can't win them all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Boji tweeted, I was at the cottage all day today. I didn't even visit Istanbul. You polluted the tram and blamed it on me. You are bad. Bad human. Bad. <laughs> and then later, once the truth had been revealed, Boji tweeted, I'm still waiting for an apology from someone with a photo of Boji just patiently waiting for that apology. Yeah. I'm here. I'm chasing my tail over here. I'm all ears over here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, your little deep dive into current uh, Turkish politics. Ge- real geopolitical scandal going on. Yeah. Yeah. If a lovable dog who rides public transit is not safe, then who is? Yeah. So. Cancel culture comes for all of us. Even Boji. Falsely accused. Falsely accused. But while video evidence is what exonerated Boji from the crimes that he was accused of committing, our next story is about how video evidence often does the opposite. It proves that you definitely did the shit that you're accused of. And the best example of that happening is, of course, the January 6th riot, where hundreds of people broke into the U.S. Capitol while being filmed from every possible angle and also doing the filming themselves. Most of them didn't even bother wearing masks when doing so, and... I would have, you know, potentially made it a little bit harder for the FBI to identify them, but... They're so anti-mask that they uh, would rather just have their full bare face. That's real martyrdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some of them did wear masks, particularly members of the far-right Oath Keepers militia. But when you picture far-right militia members in your head, you probably don't picture this guy, James D. Beeks, an African-American musical theater actor and Michael Jackson impersonator who most recently played Judas in a nationwide tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's always the uh, apostle you most expect. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's actually James D. Beeks' love of Michael Jackson that got him caught. On January 6th, the man believed to be Beeks was seen wearing a helmet and scarf around his lower face, making him very difficult to identify. The FBI was able to narrow down Beeks as a possible suspect based off interviews with other Oath Keepers that they had already identified and arrested, but they they needed to be sure. So here's the DOJ's official complaint and arrest warrant. As explained below, law enforcement was further able to corroborate Beeks' possession of the black jacket that appears consistent with the one he was seen wearing on January 6, 2021. The jacket appears to be from Michael Jackson's Bad World Tour, which started in 1987. This is a photograph of a replica of the jacket, front and back, available for sale online. Law enforcement located open-source photographs of a person who appears to be Beeks wearing this same jacket. 
The following photographs were posted on Instagram on April 4th, 2020 by a person who included the hashtag Jesus Christ Superstar. According to an online cast listing, the person who posted the photographs on Instagram is an actor in a traveling production of the play Jesus Christ Superstar. Beeks, under the stage name James T. Justice, is also an actor in that same production. Beeks has an additional connection to Michael Jackson. According to his LinkedIn profile and YouTube page, Beeks regularly performs as a Michael Jackson impersonator. His YouTube page, under the name James Delisco Beeks, with a username of JD Moonwalker, <laughs> describes him as, quote, one of the top Michael Jackson tribute artists in the United States. You know, th- 350 million people in this country, there was bound to be one guy who is uh, equally interested in toppling uh, the federal government and uh, impersonating Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, people are complex. Some of us are really into musicals and also... Uh, Making sure Joe Biden never becomes president. Yeah, and uh, that's that's I what's mean, beautiful about this melting pot of a country we have. Bare minimum of credit due. This guy uh, obviously didn't make all of his fucking political bullshit known to his coworkers dur- at the play and everything. I seemingly so not. like he he did like at least the bare minimum of just shutting the fuck up. It had and to just be, keeping your dumb shit to yourself. Yeah, it had to be awkward because like the theater scene generally leans to the left for. Pretty obvious reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, for the last year, this guy's just been backstage, and his co uh, his cast mates are like, Oh my God, did you see what happened with the January 6th insurrection? That's how people in theater talk. And he didn't say anything. And he's at all. like, Yeah, it's uh, yeah, weird. Weird, huh? But, you know, maybe they had a good reason for it. Listen, I don't want to get involved, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's astonishing that this is how he was found out, actually. Yeah. Because he had a, a, a very uh, unusual Michael Jackson 1987 bad tour yeah. jacket on. There's also, like, because that's the thing, is, like, specifically, a lot of people have been caught or or whatever by word of mouth bragging mm-hmm. and whatnot. And there's, like, people online just saying, like, you know, this is the first Thanksgiving since that. Like, there's bound to be at least one or two people who get exposed right. because they don't shut up at the dinner table. All right, everybody, this has been weighing down heavily on me for 11 months. <laughs> yeah. But there's something I need to share with y'all. Yeah. and Pretty uh, cool, right? You know, <laughs> uh, statute of limitations, double jeopardy. You know, I'm, I'm free, I think. So anyway, I was there. This is me. You guys that are guy. cool, right? Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, the DOJ's document then goes on to explain how they were able to confirm that Beeks was in D.C. on January 6th by obtaining his bank records, showing that he had flown to D.C., stayed in a hotel, and rented a car. And for some reason, this investigation also required agents to go and attend multiple performances of Jesus Christ Superstar. And just, it was just, lovely. Just to be absolutely sure that it this was, was their so good. Guy. It you was... know, we'd be, uh, we'd be really... We, we would be very foolish not to attend well, multiple the, showings of Jesus Christ Superstar. And the problem is you arrest Judas. Uh, the whole production has to get shut down for a while. You don't know if you're going to get back we to this touring to company. Sure. And, you know, it just might happen that we love uh, all those great tracks. It is, uh, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know, he was only like 21 years old when he wrote this. It's remarkable. A lot and, of moonwalking and in we're, this version. And we're still seeing it live today, mm-hmm. 45 years later. But, yeah, we need to get our man. But uh, here's that document again. Biggs continues to perform in the Jesus Christ Superstar production. Law enforcement observed him in early November 2021 at performances in San Francisco and Los Angeles. And they gave him a standing ovation. (laughs) They fucking traveled. Uh, There are no performances scheduled the week of November 15th, 2021. The production is scheduled to perform the week of November 23rd, 2021 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, before heading to Toronto in December. And I I believe in Wisconsin is where they, uh, they finally grabbed him. We should wait till Wisconsin. We go to the Coors Factory, uh, you know, catch a catch a Green Bay game. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Beeks, first off, amazing. Yeah, first <laughs> wonderful. Off, here's here's some roses. <laughs> they're 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 but, holding like a commemorative <laughs> yeah. cup that they got at the bar. Two things: a Mr. giant Beeks. cheese head. <laughs> yeah. Can you sign our playbill? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Secondly, though, uh, you are under arrest. <laughs> we hate to do we this. We hate to, you. to do this. Big fan. I don't know how they're going to replace you. No one. Oh no! He's not walking like... away. <laughs> Anyways, this Florida man is charged with obstruction of Congress, a felony, and a misdemeanor charge of unlawfully uh, entering a restricted building or grounds. And it's all thanks to that damn Michael Jackson 1987 world tour jacket that uh, he insisted on wearing. 
All of this is, of course, not the kind of behavior that you'd expect out of your typical theater kid, much less one who has multiple Broadway credits in shows like Kinky Boots and Ragtime, and has a YouTube channel featuring a lead performance in The Lion King's The Circle of Life. By the way, he uh, does a great job. He has an amazing voice. Yeah. He can definitely sing. But he won't be doing much singing anymore unless it's singing on his fellow yeah. uh, conspirators. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that man came in here and sang like a bird. Sang like a bird. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar has now officially suspended Beaks from the tour. Oh, man. How are they going to replace him? I don't know. Uh, but those agents are going to go back and they're like, it's not the same. It's just not the same. We need to hire this man a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. We need him back on stage. Yes. His talents are being wasted behind bars. Hey, man, why can't you just be cool? <laughs> so, yeah. He has the voice yeah. of an angel. Come on. And the judge is like, well, you know, I, these are very serious charges, which you definitely are guilty of. But on the other hand, I'm going to make a slight exception because you, sir, have the voice of an angel. Perhaps maybe even once in a generation. The defendant would like to sing the closing arguments to the jury, please. <laughs> oh, and what a beautiful performance mm. it was. Mm. I'm going to take two years off that sentencing. How does he do that thing where he leans all the way forward? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. It's like MJ's right here in the room with us. Uh, Anyways, it's unclear if James Beeks has always been the kind of guy willing to do a little bit of insurrection or if this was an unexpected change for him. But as we've seen time and time again, people can fall down far-right rabbit holes really quickly. And the biggest and deepest far-right rabbit hole out there right now is, of course, QAnon, which is basically the classic Illuminati conspiracy theory crossed with Pizzagate and, like, every other fucking conspiracy theory ever all at once. But it's I, like, a, it's like a, a conspiracy Katamari. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's way too complicated to explain. It's very convoluted. It's full of contradictions. Um, and yeah, digging into it, you feel like you're going insane. The HBO Max is a pretty good documentary yeah. about it. Even as a skeptic, looking into the QAnon stuff makes you feel like you're losing your fucking mind. Yes. But yeah, some, some of these Q people literally believe that John F. Kennedy Jr., but also apparently his dad... President JFK both faked their deaths decades ago and will soon, any day now, be revealing themselves as alive in Dallas at the site of JFK's assassination in 1963, Dealey Plaza. And they've just been hanging out there for almost a month now. Yeah, uh, if this rings any bells, we have, of course, covered uh, the Dallas sect of QAnon for the last few weeks. And guess what? Like Elliot said, they are still there. Determined. Yeah. They're still there waiting for the Kennedy rapture, or at least a lot of them still are. Uh, let's check in on how they're doing. Happy Okay, so yeah, that's a hotel room, uh, absolutely packed full of unvaccinated Q people singing happy birthday to one of their leaders while inexplicably covered in what's got to be at least a dozen rolls of toilet paper. So that's how things are going. Hmm. But this QAnon stuff is so dark and messed up that any laughs that you get uh, to enjoy observing it, they just completely evaporate once you look a little bit deeper at the lives of the people involved. It's not fun. It's depressing stuff. Uh, Here's David Gilbert writing for Vice about one of these people. Katie Garner and her sister grew up in a small town in Arkansas and were always close. Quote, we both were cheerleaders in school, made pretty good grades, and loved to just hang out with friends and each other. No one has a perfect childhood, but we had each other. We knew that. And that's what made us so close. We even have matching tattoos to remind each other of that, Garner told Vice News. They both became nurses, and Garner's sister married a doctor and had three children. Then, around the time of the 2020 presidential election, Garner's sister started looking at some of the conspiracy theories swirling online about how former President Donald Trump lost the vote. Ultimately, she found QAnon. Quote, it took her about three months to become totally obsessed, Garner said. That's all she would talk about. You could call her and somehow the conversation would turn into how we live in a world with reptilians and how the Clintons are evil baby eaters. Then she found Michael Brian Protzman, known to his followers as Negative 48, who is the leader of a QAnon offshoot that's been camped out in Dallas for the last three weeks, awaiting the return of John F. Kennedy and John F. Kennedy Jr. 
Garner's sister left her family behind and drove to Dallas about a month ago and has cut off almost all communication with her family. So yeah, that's dark. And it gets much darker. Yeah. According to Garner, her sister has so far handed over about $200,000 to the group and is being forced to drink a hydrogen peroxide solution and take bio pellets to ward off COVID-19 and stay healthy. Her phone calls and messages are also being monitored, according to Garner, who believes her sister will never return. She left her children for this and doesn't even care. She's missing birthdays and holidays for this. She truly believes this is all real, and we are the crazy ones for trying to get her to come home. But she won't, Garner said. I don't believe she will ever come back from this. We are in mourning. Garner's sister was one of the hundreds of people who initially traveled to Dallas to see JFK reappear on November 2nd. However, when that didn't happen, the goalposts shifted, and Protzman convinced dozens of people that if they waited long enough, something else would happen. Katie says her sister's brief messages to her parents have gone from be home in a few days to I am not coming home. My husband can take care of the kids. I am not leaving until this is over. While the group initially appeared to be waiting for the reappearance of JFK, over the weekend, the tone of Protzman's comments shifted dramatically. Besides proclaiming that he was God's representative on Earth, he also took part in a video chat where participants openly spoke about having to experience death in order to learn the truth. Ultimately, we have to experience that physical death. Let go. Come out on the other side, one of the participants in the video call suggested. Mm, death cult. So, yeah, I mean, if you were getting Heaven's Gate vibes from that toilet paper birthday party, you might not be far off. Uh, and the topic of Waco apparently has been popping up more and more in the group's Telegram channel as well. That's a really bad sign if yeah. you know anything about that. And uh, multiple extremism experts have been shouting to anyone who listened that there is huge, obvious red flags here. Something bad is going to fucking happen. Yeah. But the FBI is just like, well, I mean, they're... They haven't done anything yet. Uh, we can't prosecute free speech. It used to be we were like, uh, QAnon's a death cult because they don't believe in vaccines or uh, anything else, so they're just going to get COVID and die. Uh, now they're actually like, no, we should die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as we've discussed, even other, I guess, the more mainstream QAnon believers, they're seeing what this Dallas offshoot of QAnon is doing to like their friends and family, and they're getting fucking concerned about it. Which is really saying something. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, the entire QAnon movement right now seems to be splintering at a rapid pace. you got big names like Lynn Wood and Michael Flynn publicly feuding with each other, just, like, dropping screenshots of text messages and shit. It's getting nasty. Um, and, I mean, maybe this means the end of QAnon. Maybe it's a recipe for some really scary shit to happen because people are getting desperate and feeling cornered. Hopefully we're wrong about that, but... Uh, yeah, this Dallas thing, it's getting dark. It's getting scary. Yeah. And now as for Donald Trump, though, the guy this entire movement is devoted to, he's living his best life right now down at Mar-a-Lago. And even recently uh, was awarded an honorary ninth degree black belt in Taekwondo by the head of one of the sports governing bodies. Yeah. And the photos of Trump posing and wearing a Korean dobok and his black belt, they're fantastic. Uh, the man's yeah. favorite movie is Bloodsport. And he just, he can't hide his excitement at being officially designated as an expert martial artist. These hands, they're uh, designated as uh, lethal weapons. I got the, bl hey, the black belt. We brought some balsa wood for you to break, Mr. President. Oh, like butter. So strong, so virile. Yes. Uh, you know, the photos, these great photos, there's two layers, though. On the first layer, you've got Trump in the, the obvious. wearing a fucking <laughs> yeah. gi or whatever, and it's hilarious, but... In the background, we're getting the first ever glimpse of what Trump wanted done with Mount Rushmore. And yeah, obviously he wanted his face added to Mount Rushmore. The, the gaudiest and stupidest and worst national monument. With a little rocket uh, etched into it of Kid Rock Ain't riding nobody a middle finger. gonna tell me how to live. Riding a middle finger above it. Um, so yeah, a bronze miniature of the updated and improved Mount Rushmore can be seen in the background of one of the photos, and it indeed shows Presidents Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, Lincoln, and of course, Trump, all the way on the far, far right. <laughs> uh, a little on the nose. It's, it's hard to remember a lot of the dumb shit that happened during Trump's presidency, but yeah, on multiple occasions, he did talk about how much he wanted his face added to Mount Rushmore, and South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, I guess, commissioned sculptors to create a miniature of it as a gift for Trump, which he obviously really appreciated. Yeah, he loved it. Uh, a few months ago, a CGI mock-up of what the sculpture looks like was leaked by the Daily Beast. But this is our first time 
seeing the real thing. And it is very, very cool, Mr. President. Yeah, it's very funny. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, it would be funnier if it wasn't something that I now think could actually happen. Yeah. What needs to happen, they need to just dynamite that whole fucking thing. Yeah, just get rid it's, of it. It's, it's, it, it is an affront to nature. Yeah, when it's you see the pictures, because to... <laughs> pictures exist. Like, it hasn't been like this for a long time. It's less pictures than, exist it's of, about 100 years old. But pictures exist of the original, what it looked like, and it's like, oh, it's a beautiful mountain. Yeah, the view is just fucking ruined. Like, this is sacred native land. Yeah. And they're just like, nope. And, like, the, the guy who fucking built it, it was, like, literally had ties with the KKK and, like, yeah, I think we covered all of this like the, before. The like only reason video. I think the only reason Teddy Roosevelt's face is on it is because like he was alive at the time. Yeah, and, wasn't like, he like one of the, the sculptors? Co- like, hey, I'll put your face on it. Yeah, he was the one he like helped the sculptor get permits. Yeah, and stuff or yeah. something like, like it's that. Like, Mount Rushmore is so fucking stupid, and people tr- people treat it like it's this oh, thing a, that's just always been there. There's a great episode about the history of Mount Rushmore on uh, Adam's show. Uh, Adam ruins everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So just watch that if you want the full yeah, background. Yeah, it's, it's real stupid. They need to just blow the whole thing up. Yeah, just yeah. Get, it's, get rid of it. it's it's so fucking ugly. Like it, it, you don't see this, but like at the bottom of it, like they just left it's just rubble. All the fucking rubble from when they were like chiseling the face. So it's just a big pile of fucking trash at yeah, the bottom. Yeah, because it was of supposed it. to continue. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were gonna do like, full body. And they yeah, ran out it's of money. Just rubble. Thank God. Um, but, but yeah, like South Dakota is like, oh well, you know, it's a it, may, it brings tourist dollars in. It's like you already have Sturges. Yeah. What do you need? Plus, they, I think they have more. They have more shit going on there. Also, you have beautiful nature. They have, like, crazy horse <laughs> up the, the yeah. monument. That, yeah, that, um, I think it's the same sculptor, too, did the uh, the other big one. Is it the, yeah, the crazy horse monument? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, another just, oh, wait, no, he didn't do, he did not, he didn't do the crazy horse one. The crazy horse one's kind of cool, but misguided. He did the, um, uh, that other one in Georgia that they project shit onto. Oh, Stone Mountain? Yeah, I think he did Stone Mountain, too. With the laser light show, narrated yeah. by Travis Tritt, or at least it was when I went, when I was a kid. Yeah, it's all dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have uh, headlines coming up for you soon. But first, let's talk about this week's sponsor, starting with Stitch Fix. Your style, it isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is personalized to your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. I just got, uh, uh, it's, like a, it's like a plaid shirt, but is sewn together with a hoodie. And it's, it's like, it's not too heavy, not too light. Perfect, looks stylish. I've been wearing it at home all week uh, when the temperature dipped a little bit. Yeah. Very nice. Very happy to get it. Wouldn't have bought it for myself. Happy to see it arrive in the mail. Thanks, Stitch Fix. Mm-hmm. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one or you're looking for something like what Ricky just described, at Stitch Fix Freestyle... It's a shirt and a hoodie together! <laughs> at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit. With styles for workouts, to work wear, for lounging around the house, or a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. Get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com weird. That is stitchfix.com weird to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. stitchfix.com weird. This episode is also sponsored by Bespoke Post. This fall and winter, as you get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post is here with a new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From autumn craft beers to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Some of the Bespoke Post's newest boxes include this box with everything that you need to make s'mores outdoors and this tiny personal cement fireplace. They sent me uh, some wooden uh, game stuff and uh, two coconut glass, like actual coconuts carved into glasses. Mm. Uh, so that was cool. And about a bunch of other stuff. You can drink out of them. You can pretend you're on a horse. Yeah. 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 To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout. That is boxofawesome.com, code WEIRD, for 20% off your first box. All right, now let's get into the weirdest, craziest headlines from this past week, starting with 
Man threatens Little Caesars workers with AK-47 during 10-minute wait, Tennessee police say. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. It's pretty extreme, but... They did say the pizza would be hot and hot ready. And ready, yeah. And ready. This is the problem with Little Caesars. They, they've marketed themselves into a weird corner where like, we, we, uh, when we were tailgating for a game one time, we went, we're like, oh, let's go try Little Caesars. Like, go grab a pizza. It's right here. Yeah. We got five minutes, and they're like, oh, actually, it's going to be like 20 minutes. Can you wait? And it's like, no, I can't no. wait. <laughs> so we all pulled out our guns and uh, threatened the lives of the people working there. I, uh, I went to a, a, a Little Caesars at one point during this year, and everyone there, I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I was just standing there watching it unfold. Uh, everyone that was working there was clearly fucking blazed out of their minds. It was awesome. Yeah. So there's, they have this thing where you just like, you have it on your phone, and you're like, you walk up to a box, and you just open it up, and you take your pizza and leave. And this lady was, like, swearing that she got breadsticks or something like that. And they, like, literally, when she kept complaining, they just kept stacking bags of breadsticks onto the pizza until she was, like, <laughs> until she shut up. There was, like, six bags of breadsticks. And she was just like, okay, enough, <laughs> and then walked away. With this AK-47 guy, like, when he was getting mad, they they, lit, they did the same thing. They're like, well, will a bag of breadsticks uh, make things better? It must be, like, company already? policy. Yeah, like, any, any complaints you get. They they just give them breadsticks. They didn't respond at all. They just kept stacking breadsticks yeah. onto the box. Yeah, this guy. They, they're offering this guy free breadsticks, but he was he was still very upset that it. They said it would be ten minutes, and it was now like eleven minutes. So he went and got his AK. The problem is they call it crazy bread. The guy's like, "What'd you call me?" Yeah, you want some crazy bread? Excuse me. So, um, uh, but yeah, it seems like a pretty extreme way to take yeah. out your uh, anger and on a, these poor workers. And a great way to not get your pizza. But a really smart way to get free breadsticks. Yeah, just ease back a little bit, take the gun out of the equation. But yeah, clearly, clearly the lesson here is, uh, you know, don't be a dick. But if there's express a problem, your your frustrations. If you if there's something wrong with your order at Little Caesars, the, apparently they will just give you breadsticks until you have changed your mind. Yeah, bread is cheap, cost them nothing. Yeah, it was just great, just completely silent, <laughs> and it worked. She yeah. left. Yeah. No need to pull out any guns. Everyone's happy. I had a great time. It was like watching a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. Man who poses with plastic crocodile learns the hard way that it's alive. Was this at like a petting zoo or was it like, what was the situation? So it was like, I think a zoo is in the Philippines. So it sounds like they didn't really have the right barriers up, but there was a section and there was a big statue of like a Galapagos tortoise. Yeah. That was a statue, but like, you know, it's like, rusty and shit, looks kind of realistic from far away. And right next to it was a crocodile, yeah, just completely still as well. So this old man who was there, I think he was there for his birthday, he's like, oh, I'm going to go take a picture with I've the, always wanted with to the go fake to the crocodile. Zoo. And like, there's no barrier. He could just walk right down there and he was like posing with it. There's video of this. It's, it's fucked up. It, it bites him pretty bad. Yeah. Broke his arm. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he did learn the hard way. Then he touched Assume it. Assume every... Like, it's not even warm. It's like, well, yeah. cold-blooded, buddy. Assume every gun is loaded. Assume every crocodile is Assume real. Assume every crocodile is real. Well, that's yeah. like at every zoo, when you go to like the gorilla area, there's like usually a big brass gorilla that you yeah. pose with. And it's like, if there was a real gorilla nearby. Yeah. Wow. New statue. Crocodiles kind of look more statuesque than most animals. Yeah. They don't have like fur or anything that would... Oh, wow, that's a really good statue. Yeah, they're naturally sort of shiny and like one color. And yeah. Like, yeah, if you had a bronze statue of a crocodile just sitting out in the sun for like 10 and years. And they do, they sit really still. Yeah. So, so assume every crocodile is real. Yes. And this goes for alligators as well. Mm-hmm. To all the Americans out there. Yes. Assume they are if, real. If you live in Florida, just don't go in the water. Yeah, never. The, the, the ocean's fine unless, you know, there's lots of pollution when red tide and stuff. So maybe just don't go in the water at all. Yeah. Just don't go to Florida. Some of us have to because our stupid families live there and and I I can't trust them to travel here. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to get in anything either. True. Can I see your vaccine card? I got my vaccine. what? <laughs> I got an AK-47 if that's what you're asking. No, sir. No, please. Webcam model accidentally shoots herself in the vagina with 9mm handgun during video shoot. Yeah, that's... You know, uh, first rule of gun safety is... Uh, always assume it's loaded. Always assume your gun's loaded and don't point it at your fucking vagina. Especially live on a webcam show. I know, was, this must have been... I think it was like Chatterbait she was on. This must have been... Some, some whale must have just tipped her like a crazy amount. Of 
He's like, oh my God, you just gave me like $10,000. What, what do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to, I want you to do something with that gun. She's like, oh, okay. And then, yeah. And then he came when, when, the, when the gun went off. He's like, yes, it's exactly what I wanted. Anyway, it sounds like she's okay. I don't know what it means to, sh- get, to shoot yourself in the vagina. Like, I don't think it went up <laughs> into her. I mean, well, where to go? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was a nine millimeter, thankfully, but that can still do a lot of damage up close. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I don't you know. would assume that it was. Well, I don't want to assume anything, but I would assume like if she was doing something with the gun, it's, it probably wasn't pointed in the safest direction. Yeah. Now that bullet has swam up the fallopian tube. It is in an egg, and she's gonna have birth. She's gonna give birth to a bullet baby. Bullet Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's going to come out. It's an abomination. It's half bullet, half baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Careful out there. Yep. You're going to give birth to a bullet baby. <sighs> Walmart pulls children's toy that swears and sings in Polish about doing cocaine. This is yeah. that fucking cactus toy that we talked about. Oh, yeah. So, I think the last time we talked about it was like Taiwan, hmm. where it was on sale and someone who happened to speak Polish is like, this is a rap song about doing cocaine. And it apparently... Ended up in Canada now. This random cactus toy. And and the, the guy who did the original rap in Polish, he never gave permission. Like, yeah. he, he's pissed about it. Yeah, they owe him some royalties. Yeah, no one knows why this cactus toy keeps ending up everywhere. But yeah, it's just this funny little cactus that raps about uh, being lonely and doing cocaine. It's actually a sad rap. Yeah. Some sad boy stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So. Well, I, w- I would love to get one of these off eBay. I know. I want one. Yeah. So there you go. So if you uh, if you see one, let us know before they manage to pull them all from the shelves. <laughs> Get it now. Yeah. It's this Christmas hottest gift. Yeah. Yeah. Woman allegedly breastfeeds cat on Delta Airlines flight. And it was a, a hairless cat. Oof. Imagine like, imagine being on the flight and like, it's like one of those things where you're like, man, am I going to offend someone by complaining about this? Ma'am, are you, is that a hairless cat that you're breastfeeding? Like, imagine. No, that's my baby. How dare you? This is another one of those, like, I don't want to, like, it's like one of the, like the thing where it's like, you don't want to call and get rescued because it's embarrassing or you mm-hmm. don't want to put anyone out yeah. of trouble. <laughs> it's like one of those things where I'd be sitting there like, man, I think this is wrong. But then, like, someone's going to, like, may, like, call me out for, like, telling the stewardess, yeah. the flight attendant to, uh. Stop the lady from breastfeeding what appears to be a hairless cat. Yeah. Because that could be a really ugly baby. It could be a fucked up baby. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, I look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. What do you and do? And far be it for me to choose what a woman does with her body. This would be a great episode of that uh, CBS show, What Would You Do? Where uh, they have like actors. Oh, uh, put people in awkward situations. Yeah. It's... Uh, and then Juan Quinones or whatever, isn't it? John Quinones comes out. <laughs> yeah, this is just, she's not really breastfeeding a cat. Well, she is. I but. mean, here's exactly what I would do. I would put my face forward and watch the the movie in the back of the seat and keep my headphones on yeah. and just not pay attention to it. There's a lot to be said for minding your fucking business. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. It is fucking weird not to judge. Uh, or unless it is, I should be judging. I'm going to judge. Ladies, you tell me what I should think. It's pretty weird. I, I don't like the idea. I mean... The cat should be in a cat carrier, not out of the cat carrier. That's true. I think that's the base level here is that if you bring an animal on a plane, it needs to be in its carrier because something, uh, the cat could get loose. People are allergic to cats. You know, it's hairless. But like something could happen. So you keep it in the carrier and then the cat can't be breastfed. And then nobody knows that this lady's a weirdo. Also, I think she got caught because the cat was really not into it and was making noises. So that's sort of, if that's true, that sounds like animal abuse. Yeah. Uh, which is... I still don't know. I I think I'll be focusing on the movie that I was watching. Yeah. It'd be like, somebody else is going to do something. I would have bystander syndrome. Yeah. Somebody else is going to do something about this, right? I, I saw a great thread over Thanksgiving. It was like someone had sort of unlocked why, like a, a big difference between city people and suburbanites and rural people is that uh, city people are really good at minding their own fucking business and suburbanites are incapable of that and that's why when they come to like LA and New York they're like losing their fucking minds over everything well, going on around them living in any big city for any extended period of time you're going to see more shit in one day like, yeah. or a week 
then you've seen your entire fucking life like, in the my, summer. I'm going to mind my own fucking... This has nothing to do with me. Also... Mind would, my own fucking business. It's like a thing, too, where it's like, you know, you'd... These people have, like, just the will and the wherewithal to, like, think that everything, that they can solve every problem because they are, like, the king of yeah. their fortress. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, something's wrong here. I better fix it. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're in fucking New York. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Go check out the 9-11 memorial. Yes. And uh, go down to Coney Island. And mind your own fucking and business. And mind your own fucking business. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Millions of bright red crabs shut down roads in Australia's Christmas Island in mass migration. I guess this happens every year, but it's fucking wild. Didn't they wild. build those crabs a bridge? Yeah, they built them a bridge. Yeah. Because uh, it's something. It's like 50 million of these bright red, like comically red crabs. They're like crabs from the meme. Yeah. The crab dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, once a year, for some reason, they go from one side of the island to the other. They have to like shut down so many roads. They're like, sorry, it's closed for the week. It's crab week. Yeah. Find another way home. And, uh, yeah, it's delightful. I'd love to see it at some point. Yes. This Christmas Island, real real beautiful place. They do have a uh, pretty notorious uh, refugee detention center there that is pretty controversial for being uh, a real dump. But other than that, seems like a lovely island. But that's the thing. Going back to what we just said, it's like, imagine being a tourist there, being like, oh, my God. Is someone going to do something about these crabs? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just like, those are the fucking crabs. They own the island. Yeah, so it just happens. We built them a bridge. We can't help if they don't use it. Yeah, they these this species only lives on Christmas Island. Like they, they have to just let them do whatever the hell they want. Do they call it Christmas Island because the crabs migrate around Christmas? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they discovered it on Christmas. I think that's the story with Easter Island. Sure. Cool. And uh, you know, it's like the Sandwich Islands. They they happen to be delicious. They happen to be eating sandwiches when they found it. Hey, whoa! Is that an island? I'm gonna call it Sandwich Island because I was eating a big old sandwich. People weren't that creative back then. No, there was only so many words to go around. Yeah. You can now rage shake your phone to report a problem to Instagram. Hot new feature. Yeah. I'm Not so, good for people with uh, Parkinson's. I'm so mad. Ah! Yeah. yeah it, look, it doesn't look the same though, right? Looks like. Looks like jerking. It's a jerking off feature. So, I don't know. I guess you can rage shake. Try it. Open up your Instagram. Oh, you want me to report someone? I don't know. I'll try it too. See if it might be an iPhone only feature. All right. Let's see. We got uh, Elise William Williams here. Elise and James. I'm gonna oh, re- whoa. Hey, I'm going to report it their. Did, uh, yeah. did something go wrong? Report they have a, a problem. A tree topper that is like a hedgehog or something. I don't want to see this content. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah, report. Report a problem. Let's see. Uh, this thing fucking... I'm not going to do that to them. They're yeah. lovely people. No, no, you, lovely people. Go follow them on Instagram. And don't report them. Don't sh- Don't rage shake your phone. No. Mayor defends keeping Groundhog weather guesser Wyorton Willie's death a secret. I didn't realize... I thought Punxsutawney was... Punxsutawney Phil. This, yeah, so Punxsutawney in Pennsylvania has Punxsutawney Phil. But up in Canada, in Ontario, there's a little town called... Weirton or Weirton, I don't know how you say it, but mm-hmm. they've got Weirton Willie, their own groundhog, yeah. and they've been hiding his death for over a year now. The locals can't find out about this. It's, It'll ruin the morale of the yeah, town. It's just like with Queen Elizabeth over in England, who is definitely dead, but they're going to hide <laughs> it until after the holidays. They don't yeah. want to ruin Christmas. Yeah, it'd be very sad. Very sad Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they, I guess they, they, their, their groundhog is an albino and has always been an albino. Which is a hard just, to replace. Yes, that's they. <laughs> they were trying to find someone to swap out sneakily for the last year, and they just ran out of time. And finally, they came clean. They're like, "Yeah, hey, Willie's been dead for over a year. Look, it's COVID. There's a, we need to we rip the band aid. We, you know, Willie is so important to this town. We didn't, you know, have the heart. We didn't have him. the heart to tell you guys that Willie's been dead for a while. But I guess you could say it softens the blow, knowing he's been dead for a long time and not just yeah. recently. Yeah. So, see you later. This is like my my grandma found out like her sister died like three months afterwards because there was I guess some family shit going on there. But it's just like, oh, oh, okay. When's the wow. few, oh oh three months ago? All right. Yeah. Interesting. Were you gonna you gonna you gonna tell anyone? No. Just gonna wait for us to find out on our own. All right. 
to a lesser extent, I think I've told the story before, but one time my parents told me they were putting my dog down and then didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I went through all of like the morning. Yeah. And then I came home to visit and he was hey. still very sick. Yeah. But like, it was shocking. Yeah. And then they put him down after that. So I had to mourn it twice. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. It's fucked up. What are you doing? My dad didn't have the heart to do it at first. Yeah. I, it's uh, it's a rough thing to do. Yeah. So I, I can't like hold it against him too much, but I thought the dog was already gone. Yeah. Well, don't was, don't tell people you're about to kill a dog unless you're actually going to do it. I'd say is less. Or maybe just after. Yeah. Like I was already moved out by then, so it yeah. wouldn't have been like, hey, yeah. where's Buddy? So, yeah. It's not there's and it's not like there was like even FaceTime or anything back then. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, final headline, lesson number two. Japan enlists Professor Pooh to teach children about paying taxes. Okay. He's a the popular, very popular character, Professor Pooh. Like Mr. Hanky? He's just, yeah, he's a cartoon poop. And he, they, he got all sorts of books teaching kids about reading, writing. And now he's teaching them about taxes because that's something children... Really, really need to know about. I mean, that's the thing. As is, early as possible. Taxes, paying your taxes sucks. If you learn about it from a literal piece of shit, I guess it's the best delivery <laughs> method. <laughs> hey, you're going to hear some bad news. Yeah, what is, is, this seems like something like Prager you would do. Like, yeah. Hi, I'm Mr. IRS Poo Head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that paycheck? <laughs> they just smear it all over. There it goes down the toilet. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I don't, you didn't put it in the headlines this week, but uh, did you see that shit about the literal shit? about the uh, uh, firefighter from L.A. wiping his uh, COVID mandate with his ass and getting yeah. shit all over it yeah. and then, like, leaving it. So, yeah. And it it's it sounds... It wasn't clear whether he took a shit first because if he did just, like, stick it down his pants and pull it out and there's poop all over it, it's like, get yourself a bidet, buddy, or at least wipe better. Yeah. You shouldn't, shouldn't just... It's a leave. fire hose for your ass. Yeah, you shouldn't be leaving poo streaks from your dry ass but yeah. uh yeah just i you know after the whole george floyd thing i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna stand firefighters the real heroes but this fucking keep proving us wrong the fucking covid mandates have has made my opinion of firefighters just diminish so much i don't get it i don't know yeah i don't know Anyways, uh, that's it for Weekly Weird News this week. If you haven't seen it already, please check out our in-depth analysis of, of the Ain't Kid Rock. nobody's gonna tell me how to live. Kid, the kid, new Kid Rock music video, we do a full in-depth analysis. And we also talk about the new COVID variant. Uh, Omicron. Omicron Percy I-8. Omicron Assemble. Why doesn't the bigger variant just consume the smaller one? Uh, and then, of course, our Tech News Day about Mr. Gox, the crypto trading hamster who... Uh, is dead, and at least the owners told us up front this time yeah. without yeah. waiting. He's the, the bogey of the crypto world. Yes. So check both those videos out over here. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Leave a comment. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.